Content warning. On this episode of Out on Her Fanny, we discuss an episode that contains some implications of sexual assault, which are discussed throughout this episode. Proceed with caution. Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. And I'm Mandy. I legitimately forgot my own name for a brief second there. Like I could not remember who, which But I tell you every was. day you're Benjamin. You do tell me freak with a frequent a, a, an alarming frequency just what my own name is. And this is why. This is why. Because you're minutes away from forgetting at any this moment. This is not the first time this has happened, and it is not going to be the last. We do have a guest. We do have though. a guest. There was, there was a chance you could have said somebody else's name. This, I, I had a 33% chance of getting it right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, who Joining the hell us. are you? And yes. what, are you, what are you doing on our podcast? <laughs> Hello, I'm Adam Sacklerides. I'm a, I'm a friend of yours. I don't know if you've met me before. Um, <laughs> We've met you. I we make, must have Hello, met I'm Adam Sacklerides. I make uh, nerdy music on the internet sometimes, and I also make videos and music videos yeah. for them. So uh, that's that's my goofiness. That's what you do. We also, uh, and I want to talk about this because it n- never got heard. It never never saw the light of day. Adam and I very briefly had a podcast together. <laughs> what was the podcast? Uh, the podcast was, too, I think it was called like Too Damn Early or something to that effect. <laughs> and the premise was we would get up very, very early in the morning, like six or seven o'clock. That's not very early. It's early for me. <laughs> it's early. It was early for both of us. It was very early for both of us. And we would just get up, brush our teeth, and then immediately record a podcast. And what we ended up with, with, with was, I think, about two or three episodes of just me periodically going, I'm not awake. I can't do this. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it's a terrible, let's put it this way. There was no, it's a, it's a wonderful premise that needed a, like more filling out. Like, like if you want to do something, you, you know how like people are like, oh, let's yeah. do something, but drunk. It was like, hey, let's do something, but sleepy. I feel like in yeah. order to do that, because like you kind of need similar to like the, uh, what's the, what's the interview show called with the hot wings? Oh, uh, hot, the hot wing show. Like hot ones. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the thing that allows that to work is it's a similar premise of like, oh, what if we did this? But also while bad things happen, um, you need one part, like you needed a morning person. You needed a morning person to drive the show and then have mm. someone who was too fucking sleepy. So the the bad news is that I, of the two of us, I was the morning person. <laughs> <laughs> The other bad news is that I'm not a morning person. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing about. I, there was a period for a while where you were like, "Is there a reason you don't? Am I bad? Am I a bad co-host?" It's like, no, Adam, you're fine. You're great. This the is a terrible is, idea. <laughs> funda- the fundamentals of what we are trying to do are structurally unsound. Yeah. This building will collapse at any minute with us inside of it. So um, let me know if you want me to show up on this show uh, of uh, Out on Her Fanny, but too damn early. Because I will, oh, I will yeah. be willing to do, a to do too that. Too damn early Out crossover. on Her Fanny. Let's, do a, let's a, do a mashup. A, a crossover of a podcast that we only recorded three episodes off and did they not release. never released. Yes, we can do a branded clothing line out on her fanny X too damn early, uh, and it will just be pajamas. Well, uh, we can also make it a crossover with 
a Rassilon where we'll just like throw dice in the background sometimes. Oh yeah. And Life Toyetic where we'll have a commercial in it. We'll, somewhere. Put, we'll put a we'll put an old toy commercial from the eighties or nineties in there. And now you're all familiar with the Ben Cinematic Universe. Yes. <laughs> what about any of that is in any way cinematic? I. Just wanted to say the phrase cinematic. Audiomatic. The only way it would be cinematic is if someone bought t- bought tickets to see a movie they did not want to see and then sat in an air-conditioned space listening to a podcast I'm on instead. I mean, I listen to podcasts in an office. That's an air-conditioned space. That's true. Ha! Got ya! Checkmate, atheists. Uh, uh, so, Adam, tell us um, what your relationship is with the nanny. Um... I don't have a very formal relationship with the nanny, so I definitely have to, haven't watched it since it was on the air, or maybe I saw some reruns in high school or something, but I would say that it's very fleeting. I've probably seen a total of, grand total of like maybe 10 or 15 episodes at the very most. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's no more. I didn't watch it while it was airing. I only watched it like in syndication because it came out when I was a year old. In that vein, what are the sort of like 90s sitcoms that were your jam, that were like the sort of thing that you would say that you would do a podcast He's about? just going to say The Monsters Today. It's the, oh, is that going to be Adam's response? The Monsters Today. Also, um, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Is that a real thing? Anyway. Uh, yeah. Oh, good. It Lord. was a sequel to The Monsters where they went to sleep in the 60s in black and white and overslept and woke up in color in the 90s. And oh I think it gosh. ran for one season. That sounds vaguely familiar, and now I'm wondering if I've actually seen it a little <laughs> bit. That's, that's, a, that's an interesting idea. Um, anyway, I forgot what the question was. Oh, what were the, what were the sitcoms that you were into? Oh, okay. Uh, the sitcoms that I were into. Um, of course, whatever uh, my parents were watching on TV, which was definitely plenty of Seinfeld. And as as a as it was hooked up to other must see TV shows uh, like Plenty of Friends, I was a big fan of TGIF and Clarissa Explains It All and Step by Step. Wait, no, Clarissa. I'm sorry, Clarissa Explains It All wasn't a, wasn't a part of uh, TGIF. I don't know why I said that. That but was anyway. that was on the Nickelodeon. Was Nickelodeon. I watched Is that. It- possible you were thinking about sabrina the teenage witch which i think in the u.s did air yes in that block in the yes. uk aired on nickelodeon yeah uh yes i'm sorry i forgot sabrina i was thinking of sabrina the teenage witch but i'll but uh anyway um so yeah sabrina the teenage witch step by step uh what else was i big into mad about you Ugh, no uh <laughs> <laughs> but they did a cro- they did two crossovers with friends did they yeah. That probably went over my head because I was like, who is that guy? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, that was we were definitely the Seinfeld ha- household, because, especially because my parents were both from New York. And of course, your, your dad was a slap bass. Was a what? A slap bass. Oh, oh yeah. No, my... He was a dad. Yes, my father was a slap bass and my mother was uh, uh, the bongos. And uh, it was... Was, the, is it is it bongos in the Seinfeld theme? I I don't know. I was just being. I <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's I, it's not even a real slap bass, is it? It's it's a it's a it's, synthesizer slap bass. It's a bass. synth bass that uses the same uh, sound font as music from one of the Mega Man X. And games now on the Adam has learned something horrible about his father. He's not a real slap bass. <laughs> Are you telling me? <laughs> he was me? a synth bass this whole time. Yeah. So that's we were definitely the a solid Seinfeld uh, household. That's what I would say. 
Alrighty. So let's get into not Seinfeld. Not Seinfeld. <laughs> no, this is uh it's if you're watching on the DVD box set, it is season one, episode nine. What's this episode on HBO Max? Where does this it on is HBO also Max? episode nine? It's also episode nine. We're right. We did it. We got the we, we got we got it. another daily double. Brilliant. Yes. Alright, let's let's discuss. Maddie, how does this episode open? Uh, so they're all gathered around the kitchen table. It is uh, Fran coming down yet again in one of her many, many fancy robes. Oh, Miss Fine, another stunning yet inappropriate breakfast ensemble. Which I did learn um, from reading an interview with the costume designer that they would always uh, put shoulder pads into the robes. They would sew them in. Why? To make it like more pronounced and fancy. Oh, okay. Did you, I did not notice this. Did you notice this, Adam? I did not. It's it's why her like it's very fitting whereas like normally if you've put on a bathrobe you know that they're just kind of cozy and frumpy and you don't look nice. Yeah. I mean that's fair. She sense. got some structure. That explains why when uh, Mr. Sheffield he's making fun of the way she's dressed because like he's there and eating breakfast in a suit and she's like wearing yeah. a bathrobe and I'm like this is the least frumpy bathrobe I've ever seen. Screw you, Mr. Oh, yeah. Sheffield. <laughs> so that was something like back from like the very beginning, which there's a lot of references to the first couple of episodes, starting with uh, the breakfast. Yeah, referencing that she doesn't dress because in the very first episode, she came down in a bathrobe and everyone else was dressed. That was part of the like, oh, she doesn't fit in here. Mm-hmm. And she just continues to just wear a bathrobe. Yeah. Good um, for her. There's also a mention of, so the fun- phone is ringing and everyone's wondering who it is. And Maggie references Eddie. Eddie, who, for your reference, appeared in the first episode and then like the fourth or fifth episode? Uh, Um, Yeah, the fourth episode. Yeah, Uh, Played by James Marsden. Played by a very, very young James Marsden. Credited as Jimmy Marsden. Wow. So Jimmy Marsden, they could not get Jimmy Marsden back for this episode, but but he is is mentioned. Yes. He never comes back. He does not appear on the show again, as far as I could tell. Oh, wait, yeah. Whenever they do the Christmas thing, like Maggie's on to like a new, she's single again and looking for new people. Yeah. So like, I was like, oh, Eddie, Jimmy Marsden, Jimmy <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm dating Cyclops. He's not Cyclops yet, but the, you know, I was well, there at the beginning. I'm putting in the time. He's talking about maybe being Cyclops and that's yeah. why she's leaving. That's, yeah. why, that's why it didn't work out. <laughs> oh, if he's Cyclops, that means I have to be Jean Grey, which means I have to have a love triangle with Wolverine, and at this point in the 90s, when the X-Men movie was in development hell, Bob Hoskins was going to play Wolverine. Whoa. And I don't think, uh, I don't think she wants to date Bob Hoskins. No. No. Keep in mind, this this episode aired the same year that the Super Mario Brothers movie came out. Would you want to date Bob Hoskins if that was your only exposure to his work? Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a place in time, isn't it? Wow. It sure is. The 90s, it's a different planet. <laughs> Yeah, so the phone rings. It's the business line. Yes, it is the business line, which I hadn't realized that. And I was like, oh, he should have a business line. But it but it was. He does for this episode, um, at least. <laughs> They'll just and, do things for an episode and then it's never seen or heard from again. Yeah, so Maxwell is like, oh, I have a, I'm waiting on a very important call from Japan. But it's not Japan. It is France friend Val. Val. Tell her news, which again, more references. I'm wondering in the production of these episodes if this was something of like they came back and to it because there's a lot of like there's so many things we're just referencing like the previous things from the very early episodes of like when was this written for Mm. to have all these callbacks to it because even in there they're referencing 
her ex-boyfriend. Yeah, this feels like this episode was written and intended for earlier in the run. I wonder if it was actually, do we know who wrote it? Because I wonder if it was actually written by the people who wrote the first episode. And, you know, the people who, like, write the first episode have have this, like, living in their mind the entire yeah. time. Whereas the other writers are just kind of thrown in and like, all right, now make okay, something fun. Let's, let's have Gracie have a funeral for an imaginary friend. Whereas the, the originators are all... Oh, friends living with this trauma of being kicked out. Yeah, exactly. Simmering in the back of her mind for the duration of the run. Yeah. So the first episode was written by Fran Drescher, Robert Stern, and Prudence Frazier, and Peter Mark Jacobson. Frazier Crane. Yeah. This one was written by... Yeah, Fran Drescher and Peter Mark Jacobson. (laughs) There you go. You got it exactly. There you go. It's them like yeah. bringing that back around because they were like they wrote it again. Yeah, it's it's been living in their heads for forever, so they, it was yeah. it came yeah. totally natural to them to be like. And reference it, like all these it things. also being the fact that they're the creators of the show. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Also, I'm sorry. Can we? Can we? Oh wait, we're not actually t- to the end of the cold open yet. Please continue. Oh no! We're so basically, there. yeah, There's, I just the, Maxwell uh, kicks up a fuss about Val calling on the business line and says, "Let's have no business with pleasure," and then does a little hand shuffle. There's a little bit of the, right. mixing, the hand jive, mixing business with personal. He yeah. bis- don't miss mix the business with personal. He shows everyone that he's born to hand jive, baby. And then I think that's the end of the cold open. Yeah, it's just kind of like setting it up that Maxwell's yeah. annoyed that Fran is. Uh, Using his uh, business things for personal stuff. That's a lot of cold opens. Maxwell is annoyed that Fran is insert blank here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just want to talk about, I remembered like how jumpy that the theme song was, but I didn't remember what an absolute bop it was. Like, (laughs) Oh yeah, it's a bop. It is fantastic. The lyrics are great. Everything about this theme song is fantastic. I am legitimately like jealous of the person who wrote this and like execute and produced it because it is so good it's just so like we're setting the stage but also we're doing a real some like real like jumpy like 50s music like this is fantastic it's very i think we've spoken about this on the show before like it's a very kind of old school style sitcom opening yeah where everything about the the premise of the show is outlined yeah. in the opening title the opening titles is basically the, yeah. the joke writing within the song is good oh yeah i especially love the second verse so over the bridge from flushing to the sheffield's door she was there to sell some makeup but the father saw more she had style she had flair she was there she was there it's like that's she all was, she was there she was she was there in the moment. and that that's yeah. like it's like uh, he was desperate and it, yeah it perfectly yeah. encapsulates everything about that that first and like episode. even just like the net like kind of the next bit of when they're like going it and all like the little like interludes like watch out cc it, it gets in yeah. your head oh. and it is so yeah. very very good oh yeah that com- accompanied by all the delightful animations i just wanted it is it is perfect i didn't remember how perfect it was it's uh just fantastic i think the trick now adam yeah is can you write a bop of equal measure of equal bopitude for tv shows that do not have theme songs with lyrics that's not to say add lyrics to an existing theme song it's can you write a theme in the style of the theme to the nanny for hypothetically speaking star trek deep space nine (laughs) or doctor who i I could but why would you make me do this (laughs) because 
you now you have to. How, I've given you so many songwriting assignments. And you the also past have to wake up very early in the morning to do yes. it. No, I don't want please, please stop. Uh, th- so I don't know if you're aware, but Ben is referencing the fact that I have recorded twenty nine songs about Star Trek episodes. And I've called it Song Trek and it's on my YouTube. Uh, so go watch that if you like any of the Star Treks, it's from all of them. Except Enterprise, I, because which I have we, taste. I we like, there is a connection because Niles was Niles in... plays Moriarty in those two Sherlock Holmes holodeck episodes of Next Gen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I realize this is an audio medium, not a visual medium, but my jaw just dropped, and I'm still picking it up off of the floor. <laughs> uh, wow! Yeah, that's right. that. It's that. That's the actor. He's known for his English accent, even though he is not actually English. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna do the quiz on Adam to see whether because I, I was gonna ask you because so it's a thing where okay. So do you think the actor who plays Maxwell? Do you think he's doing a fake accent or not? Is he doing a fake accent? Ooh, ooh, this is tough. Is it British or is it he is is he doing a classic actor mid Atlantic thing from like the 30s or 40s? He's supposed to be British. The character's British. Interesting, but I, he strikes me as more doing the that mid Atlantic. Uh, I don't. Are you aware of this sort of thing in theater? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, the the mid Atlantic. I think he's ending up more in the mid-Atlantic, even though he's Brit. I don't know. Is he really British? This is terrible. Yeah. So he is, he is actually British. He's like a, like he's a lord or something. He's like royalty technically, (laughs) but, uh, Mr. Sheffield is a lord. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched, Um, I just watched royalty for 24 minutes. That's, that's amazing. (laughs) So it used to be a thing where everyone would be like, Oh, the actor who plays Mr. Sheffield, his, his accent's horrible. He needs to learn from the actor who plays Niall. The actor who plays Niles, Daniel Davis, is from Arkansas. <laughs> and the actor who plays Mr. Sheffield, whose name is Michael Shaughnessy? Yeah, it's it? something Shaughnessy. Something Shaughnessy. Uh, he's legit English. Interesting. To the point of aristocracy. <laughs> That's so wild. Do you do you know do, do you know what area he Charles hails? Shaughnessy. Charles Shaughnessy. Do, do you know what area he either hails from or if that's just all upper class people like that he speaks like? He where- is he was born in London. He was born in London, so does it say specifically where in London? Uh, he was born in the Monocle he district. He was born in a uh, Barn. a show business family. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a baron. He's a baron. Yes. Sorry, not a lord, not a duke, mm, a baron. Okay, he's like real upper class, but like re- upper class enough to be like, I can, like, their family could like raise a kid in London. He's he's a baron, so obviously he's devoted his life to trying to take down Snoopy. Yeah. And they lost uh, the hereditary seat in parliament after the House of Lords Act in 1999. <gasps> so at the time that this was being filmed, they still had he- a seat in parliament. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Or not him, but like family. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But he could have moved into politics had the idea of hereditary seating in the House of Lords. Lords. Uh, was still a thing. Fun fact. Is it fun? I don't know. You're what? the one who should know. This was your government. We did not have any civics classes. What? That we, we're not required to learn this shit in England. What? Everything I learned about the government, I learned from reading the Daily Mail. Once again, I am picking my jaw up off the floor. (laughs) I'm kidding. The Daily Mail is a monster's newspaper. The Daily Mail is basically our Fox News. It's not great. I'm sorry. Anyway, so... We're watching The Nanny, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, end of opening titles, cut to... 
the office. Cece's on the phone. Yeah, Cece's on the phone because uh, they're trying to find a leading man for their next play. Gracie barges in and uh, is like interrupting her dad. Daddy, guess where we're going? Sweetheart, we're in the middle of work. Who taught you to barge in like that? You who, Mr. Sheffield? Oh, it's all coming back to me. Hey, I'm taking your kids shopping. Give me money. Yeah. Money, please. My money. <laughs> which, yeah. which I love. I just love the entitlement. It's great. This is another callback because in the first episode, uh, they have a bit of Fran teaching Gracie about shopping and yeah. shopping like at a discount. And this time they're going because she has to coordinate her separates. I don't know what that means. It it means like okay, so you put you're wearing a shirt and yeah. pants today, yeah. uh, and you selected a shirt and pants that go together. I did not do that, but okay. Well, if you did do that, that would be coordinating your separates. Okay, these are separates. Yeah, coordinate them. I did not. I did not do that. They're looking for their lead, mm. um, and Cece thinks she might be able to get Brock Storm, who is a soap star. Yes, and Fran is immediately very excited about that. Maxwell is not so sure. And Fran is encouraging of like, this will be a great thing because he is a big hit and he was very popular and will draw an audience. She keeps talking about what a great person he is and then citing as example things his character did on the soap. When Trista went into premature labor after the plane crash, despite his two broken arms... Brock delivered her baby. How? With his teeth. Which, by the way, the, the, the name of this soap is brilliant. It is One Day After Another, which is such a great <laughs> fake yeah. soap name. It's so good. I love it. Did, did y'all notice that the man playing Brock Storm is actually a soap opera star? I don't watch yeah. enough soaps or any soaps. I re- to I, know I that. only discovered this because I looked at that guy's IMDb because I'm like, this guy looks familiar. As one, this is from his IMDb bio. As one of the most enduring stars of daytime television, Nichols portrayed the infamous Stephen Patrick Johnson on NBC's Days of Our Lives, which earned him an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Actor in a Leading Role for five Soap Opera Digest Best Actor Awards. He's also known for wow. his portrayals of Stephen Cassidine on ABC's General Hospital and Tucker McCall on CBS's Young and the Restless. He is wow. all soap. So the fact that he's soap royalty, yeah. Also, I also like that you said he was nominated for an enemy award as opposed to uh, so an Emmy I, award. I maybe I may have misspoken. I presume the <laughs> enemy award is for is an award given out for people playing their own evil twin. Uh, yeah. Yes, as you'll see later. Yeah. <laughs> so they are they are going to get Brock Storm. The next scene that we have is they. Uh, it's, it's Brock trying it's, out. Right? He's yeah, singing. it's Brock trying out. He's singing. I don't know. I don't know any of the songs of Oklahoma, so I don't know if that's a song of Oklahoma it, or they made it. It is. Okay. Because this is a thing. Like, I had that. I don't know what. It was either The Simpsons or Family Guy where they had someone singing Cats, and I did not think that that was real (laughs) until I saw the movie Cats and was like, wait, that was a real song? That's Jellicle Cats is what Jellicle Cats do? Is that's real? My favorite (laughs) thing about the song Jellicle Cats. And we always end. This is a regular segment we do on our podcast called The Thing About Cats. the thing about the song, Jellicle Cat sounds like someone having to improvise a fake song from the musical Cats, only it's an actual song from the musical Cats. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. I have to admit, yeah. I had only watched Cats the first time when I saw the movie a mere year and a half ago, 
basically. Oh yeah, I got I got high. We got very high yeah. and watched cats. <laughs> I got higher than I've ever been before in my life because you gave me too much of the chocolate. Yeah. And I got halfway through and I announced- I gave you a serving size yes. of the weed. I got halfway through the movie and very proudly declared that I cracked the hidden code of cats. <laughs> when what really had happened was I had been following the plot and, <laughs> and knew what was happening in the movie. <laughs> I have a question. How did you follow a plot when there is none? The idea that the idea of the movie is basically they're singing to appease some kind of eldritch cat god so that they can get into heaven. Right. That and I th- I had somehow thought, oh, they're doing a musical to appease this dark horror. That's yeah. But it turns out that's just what the movie is. My other favorite thing about the movie, by the way, is Idris Elba periodically saying his own character's name to remind us who he is. There's a bit where he disappears and his uh, silhouette turns into a smoky M shape, but he also says, McCavity, as he does it, in case we don't know who he's playing. <laughs> pretty great. So uh, they do the... They do, uh, they do Oklahoma. Oklahoma, O-K-H-L-O-M. No, wait. Speaking of which, you say jeans go with anything. Brock Storm is wearing a uh, light, light wash jean, mm-hmm. uh, jean jeans, mm-hmm. jean pants, a light wash d- uh, denim shirt, and a black vest. It's fine. It's not. Perfectly good. It's a good look. It's not. It was, it's a good look. It was the early 90s. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so. Well, that's a high school. Cece and Maxwell are into it, I guess. And so they want to sign him. And Fran comes in with the children. Maxwell had been talking about uh, how classy his performance is going to be because uh, Brock Storm is also being uh, considered for a role in an Andrew Lloyd Webber play. And there's no spelling in his show. Which, have they mentioned Andrew Lloyd Webber? Because that's... This is, I think, like the first real mention okay. of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Because that's, go- that's going to be a thing where they make it where Maxwell Sheffield has like a rivalry... Or at least a one-sided rivalry with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, but it, it, he's talking about how, how much... Cl- so all of our class- cats talk is relevant. Yeah. yeah, it's relevant to the show, we've decided. With, it's the This is the only podcast outside of one of those podcasts that dissect movies on a minute-by-minute basis where talking about anything that happened in Cats is actually relevant <laughs> to the content of the, the podcast. But um, yeah, he's talking about how classy he is and how classy the show is going to be. And then Fran walks in with an upset stomach, wondering what she had for lunch, and then she throws up in her mouth a little bit and remembers it's quiche. And that I have, that's the kind of comedy that is A, very funny, but and B, the best, but C, that Fran Drescher does very, very well. Yeah, like it that. is. This kind of makes sense of the thing of like, because this episode was written by her and this mm. show is kind of a vehicle for her and like her is kind of like, here's the comedy I am good at. We're going mm-hmm. to just like, minute after minute because like immediately after that like switch on a dime because brock storm is there and she suddenly reveals she'd been like wearing a coat she takes off the coat and she is in like this like very like this crop top that like has all these frills it's on it. It's basically a frilly sensor bar. Yeah and like uh these very tight um I mean leggings weren't a thing that uh, yeah because they had like the, the- yeah. What, yeah. Whatever like is, was, is is it's form fitting. Some some very very tight yeah. hot pants and is looking is looking real good. And it's it's such like a heel turn where she went from being like, "Oh, I'm trashy talking about uh burping up quiche, but look how good I look though." Is I'm pretty you have 
at least one outfit that is not unlike this one. <laughs> Every episode of this show we watch, I learn a little bit more about your fashion influences. <laughs> But so she is showing off and Brock is into it. Yeah. Uh, when she, Maxwell kind of like shoes uh, them all upstairs and Fran and Maggie are both kind of like sque- like squealing like fangirls yeah. and running upstairs. And then Brock is like, okay, I'm going to take the gig, but uh, here are my terms. And part of my terms is I get the nanny. Can you believe he wants my nanny? Then <laughs> get someone else to take care of his children. <laughs> Maxwell. He doesn't have any children. Then what does he want with my nap? <laughs> oh. It's, he's, he wants to fuck the nanny. Ad break. Yeah, which is kind of like, this is also when they're kind of introducing the, because this is a, mm. a romantic comedy series, or becomes a romantic comedy series, and this is when they first kind of like drop those hints. And it's it's in like the dumb rom-com way of like, why do I feel weird when this other person likes this person that I don't have any feelings toward? Ah. Who knows? But because it's a sitcom, you will spend uh, many, many episodes being this stupid. Yeah, about, yeah. I would say f- like three to four seasons being yeah. profoundly stupid about Just it. Four, four seasons not understanding uh, th- the word jealousy. Just and then two seasons where they are boning down constantly. I <laughs> oh, okay. Because they do get married. Spoilers. Oh, were you planning on watching the rest of the show? I was, but now I'm. Now I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd never watch anything good. I watched Mortal Kombat this weekend. Oh God. <laughs> Maxwell's freaking out because he doesn't want to. Uh, like pimp ba- out Fran. Yeah, basically pimp out Fran, and Cece's like, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, Cece has no reservations about this whatsoever. It's fine to her. Ethically, morally, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, fine. She's 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 ready to sell Fran off like cattle. She has no qualms. If anything, I mean, it is like for the joke, but it does kind of show of like how Maxwell and Cece like work well together mm. as partners because Maxwell is kind of like the artsy, like has all these ideals. Cece makes it happen. Yeah. She is like, I mean, they're both producers, but she is like the like the hardline producer of like, I am going to get this shit done. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, def- there's a ruthlessness to Cece mm-hmm. that probably gets a lot of the productions done. Especially because they're constantly like, oh, we have six weeks to do an entire musical. Yeah. We don't have music yet. <laughs> we don't, we have, don't music. have music and it's and we're doing it in six weeks. We don't have any money. We don't have any music. We open in six weeks. Like that's an that's an episode two problem. That's yeah, which is which is never addressed again. By the way, <laughs> I don't know if this play opened. Wait, they talk <laughs> about it, but nine. never. But the wait, but they talk about it, but they don't complete it during the first, the second episode or whatever you're talking. It about? It doesn't come up because now we're on Oklahoma, which is a different show. Well, we don't know because he could just be auditioning. I, I think that was just his audition piece because uh, it, it's because j- which what an audition piece because he can't remember. I feel like you have to remember how to spell Oklahoma. Mind you. When Brock was talking about taking the other play, Andrew Lloyd Webber's thing, he said, And there's no spelling in his show. Which no, rather implies oh, no. that Maxwell's like, well, we'll do, we'll do Oklahoma. I'm just going to do Oklahoma. Because at least that has music and lyrics. <laughs> at least we know what we're doing. We opened yesterday. Yeah, that musical, uh, musical about spelling had not been written yet. So, um, yeah. about a spelling bee. <laughs> Wait, there is a musical about a spelling bee, isn't there? I think Wait, so. Wait, am I? No. I don't remember. Yes, it it's called Spring Awakening. No, okay. it is, anyway, that's a different show. Uh, yeah, and I Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, and when uh, Fran and uh, Brock are flirting, uh, she uh, he he does some French. I don't know if it's legit French, and then she just uh, says some Frere Jacques lyrics back to him, which I thought was. Ooh. Just pitch perfect, dumb joke. I loved it. Yeah, it's like, again, it's the her writing for things that she knows well of because she can kind of like draw that line between like being kind of trashy, but also she is very pretty and she knows that she is very pretty and just kind of be like, yeah, yeah. I have zero class, but I am good at flirting though. Yeah. Even the dumb jokes on this show tend to be very smartly constructed. Like the, oh yeah, quiche. Like that, the, the construction and delivery of that joke is impeccable, and it's about throwing up in your own mouth a little bit, and slash or IBS. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Cece basically talks Maxwell into let's let's pimp out Fran because she was all over him anyway. She wants to date him. It's fine. She wants this. Yeah, which is not not great. But Cece does kind of convince Maxwell of like, oh, well, we just have to spin it. And just make it as like, like, oh, we're doing her a favor. Yes. And at this point, Michael J. Fox walks in and it becomes a crossover with the sitcom Spin City. No, no, no. No, no, did I (laughs) I fall asleep during the episode again? Did not happen. Ah, No, you're just Ah. getting things mixed up in your head. Meanwhile, Fran has been showing the kids the soap. And yeah. kind of explaining the whole soap opera thing. There's also Fran and Niles have like a good bit of like Maxwell's first calling Niles and then calling her. As if we were his servants. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah, are. That's the bit is that they are the help. They are the help. Um, Maxwell yells at Niles for taking too long. And Niles just says very, very glibly, I fell. So. <laughs> and it's so good. It's funny to me. And then later when he like uh, call, when Maxwell calls uh, uh, Fran in and yes. I was just like. If he asks you anything about my fall, just play along. <laughs> Which like it's it's also great of their establishing like kind of the, the friendship and the, the bond between have, yeah. the two of them, which they have a great friendship and relationship because they are uh, it, partly it's that they're both the help, um, even though it seems like they wouldn't get along because like. Niles is very fancy, and she is not. Yes, I'm very proud of my command of both the fancy and the schmancy. Uh, anyway, Fran goes up to see uh, Cece and Maxwell, and they just casually like, hey, how would you want to go on a date with uh, this handsome soap star? And she's like, yeah, sure. Fucking A, let's do it. And she, like, immediately, like, is like, oh, I have to get ready and do everything. And she, like, rushes out for her to get ready. And Maxwell and Cece are kind of, like, patting themselves on the back. Like, yeah, she has no idea that we pimped her out. And then she strolls she, she back strolls in. She strolls back in and immediately asks, are you pimping me out? Are you, are you selling me right now? Are you whoring me for your show? And Maxwell immediately caves. Yeah. Yeah, he confesses um, that, to- like, yeah, I didn't want to do this. I thought this was skeezy. <laughs> And, and she's like, okay, no, I'm cool with it. It's- but but then she kind of goes back to the thing. I'm like, oh, but this is doing the mixing of the personal in the, in the business. To which uh, Maxwell immediately like caves again. But like, mix everything. Do whatever you want. Call Val all the time. And gives her his credit card. <laughs> yeah. And there's that moment where she's standing there holding the credit card. And she, and she uh, and walks away. She does that all right like three times in this scene. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect every mm-hmm. time. I want you to mix business with personal. I want you to call Val on my business line. Invite her over, have a party. Here, take my credit card, redecorate the house. <laughs> All right. 
Like, it's such a great... It's just a, all right, this is happening. I'm just going to let it happen. It's not my credit card. And Cece's kind of rolling her eyes. I'm like, this is why I do all the negotiations on things. Cut to date. She's getting ready for a date. Getting ready for a date. And Maggie is also getting ready for a date with Jimmy Marsden. That we do not who get we to do see. not get to see him. And I cry every day. Uh, like if you cry every time. <laughs> and uh, lots of great tips from Fat Fran here about where to apply cologne or perfume. She does go to talk about her cleavage and then doesn't because it's a child involved. <laughs> also, uh, unrelated to this, Gracie eats a lipstick. <laughs> I think we have to just accept that she's not just wearing that thing. She's almost certainly eaten oh, some of that. That's list. interesting. I interpret it as just poor application, but you think she actually I ate, think it's consumed 50/50. the lipstick? And I'm going to say, because I, I have been at that age and put on some lipstick, and you don't know where to stop. Because <laughs> some is pretty. And also, because like, you'll put it, and it'll be on your lip. And particularly like, there, like they don't have very like the, the, the matte product. You do that, and then you kind of know. You, like, you, watch, you watch your parents do it, and they smack their lips together like this. To, to blot it but you don't know what that is you're smacking it and you go bah, 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 and you just get all everywhere <laughs> and then you have yourself a little snack nom, 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 nom. you need to eat a lipstick and then you it eat a peanut gross. butter and jelly sandwich and you can't tell where the uh, lipstick ends and the the jelly begins and yeah it's yeah. It's it's the it's kids bop joker. It's, you want to know how I got these scars there are no scars you're just wearing a lot of makeup it's fine Brock Brooke. comes and everyone is clapping. Uh, Val is also there to enjoy uh, the, yeah. like, to see this fancy soap star. The actress had a minimum number of episodes per that season <laughs> and they were like, I guess we could add her to win, we'll like, to support her, her friend. But we can't when she's add about Jimmy to- Marsden. Yeah. Which is so, because he's they not... Spent, <laughs> they spent all their Jimmy Marsden money on Val. <laughs> <laughs> In an alternate universe, instead of Val being the recurring actor it would have been jimmy marsden yeah it's like how matt leblanc dated um uh is it kelly on married with children like he he plays her boyfriend in a handful of episodes and it's really and it's that same kind of uh seeing james marsden with his young baby face it looks like a photoshop it looks like an instagram filter yeah it's so weird seeing him look that young and also he's not being accompanied by a cg animal voiced by a comedian. <laughs> so that's fascinating. Or negging Catherine Heigl. He's also... I haven't... Yeah, he's not negging Catherine, Catherine Heigl. He's not. Nor is he shooting laser beams from his eyes. <laughs> or marrying <laughs> Tina Fey. He gets around. Yeah, he does, a, he does a lot. He's also not an animated prince. Unfortunately, he's not here. Instead, we have Brock Storm. Brock Storm. Who... Uh, Money well spent. Fran comes down to greet him. Val also comes down... Uh, to like introduce herself and has like a great bit of like oh mr storm it's such a thrill to shake your hand was it as good for you as it was for me (laughs) val has like like you said of all the things where they write val to be very dumb but the dumb jokes are still very smart in their dumbness (laughs) there's a i think you can't just write a dumb thing and have like oh the joke is they said the dumb Mm -hmm. thing there has to be something there has to be weight behind the mm-hmm. stupidity. You, you have to be it's very It's like you have careful. to know what the inter- yes. what their internal logic yeah. was mm-hmm. 
And that's the, like, you thought it was, why would you think that? Yeah. And that's right. the bit. Just like how Mr. Sheffield thought it was about, like, oh, he, he wants my nanny? Well, he's, he doesn't even have kids. Like, that's yeah. that sort of, same sort of dumb joker. It's like, yeah. no, you've missed the point. It went flying yeah. past you. Yeah. Where you can just, like, watch it. Yeah. Kind of just yeah. go. Yeah. It's perfect. So they leave. We're, we cut to the car, and it's apparently, we're a couple of hours into this date because they've already been to a bar at happy hour. Uh, it's a, not a good date so far. He's had nachos. He's had buffalo wings. He's parted his hair on different sides. Yeah, he's just very obsessed with himself. Yeah, Fran's bored. Yeah, she does not look pleased. She's like, okay, whatever. This is fine. Because the hot that that sh- it, it cuts to the shot of them in the car, and she's holding her compact mirror so that he can look at his own reflection. And I imagine there's been a lot of that. The the implication is that that's been the majority of the day is them eating discount bar food like they went to like a fucking like a bj's or a dave and busters or something yeah. like very like a cursory thing i really shouldn't make fun of them possibly going to a dave and busters for their date because our first date was at around one arcade yeah was that around one arcade and also it was somebody's one of your friend's one of birthdays friends that you birthday forgot <laughs> i'd forgotten it was happening at the same time we were about to leave and then one of your friends showed up and be like hey you're here early like what, what? are we here for yeah, I forgot. I got my calendars mixed whoa, up. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is a whole thing. Yeah. You, yeah. wait, you planned a date. Wait, who said yeah. Who said it was, should be at round one? I think I pitched it. Yeah. So it was in your subconscious. And I, didn't, that I su- didn't know it was going to be at round one. I got driven very, very far away from yeah, where like I a, lived. It was the one at the, <laughs> one at the, the Back to the Future Mall. Um, and they have a huge, a really good arcade I really like. And so that was where we had our first date. So did, you had just completely for, 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 so you had forgotten that you were supposed to go to your friend's birthday, but you did remember I'm supposed to be at round one around this time. <laughs> yeah. it's so not I will plan I a forgot, date there. It's not that I forgot I was supposed to be at my friend's birthday shit. Yeah. It's that I had that, I guess I'd like dragged it on my calendar or something because I had it in my calendar for the following Saturday. So when I see my friend Aiden there as we're leaving, he's like, oh, yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, we are early, a week early. What are you doing here? Oh, it's tonight? Fuck. And then we went to TGI Fridays. So your version of that, like, you, like your ideal scenario is that you would have gone to uh, round one uh, like two weekends, two weekends in a row. Yeah. I like, listen, hey, I like playing Mario Kart at the arcade. <laughs> Can you tell me, Adam, legitimately, that if you got the opportunity to play Mario Kart Arcade GP Deluxe, Two weekends in a row, you wouldn't take it. Out. I would absolutely take that opportunity. Yeah, boom, boom. Top it off with some ski ball. Have to date, man. Top it off with some <laughs> ski ball. It's perfect. Let's all go to round one after this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, unlike unlike our fine uh, shenanigan mishaps of dates, this one's not going well. It's not going. Uh, well. Fran is trying, like, because they're also in the back of a limo, and she's trying to get the limo to just like uh, drive her back home. Yeah. Sure. And Brock is like, "No, it's horny time." It's gonna be. No, she, I'm she gonna even, try to do a yeah. sex move now. She she even mentioned. Well, she even had mentioned happy hour, which implies not only did yeah. they go somewhere, but that like just regular casual for not like actual food, but also like we showed up at happy hour so I could get a discount. So he's like apparently both totally into himself and ab- an absolute cheapskate. Like yeah, or maybe he blew all his money on Bitcoin <laughs> in 1993. I don't think so. Not no wrong year for that. Well, that's well, that's why because it's not it. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. Wow, I'm trying to think of the amount of computing power the average computer had in that year. How long it would take to make a Bitcoin? It must have been. He at just least years. he just got 
half of one today. <laughs> if you, that's the thing. That that little Macintosh behind you, yeah. write a program to mine Bitcoin <laughs> and just see how long it would take for you to get one. It'll finish in like a hundred years or something. Like <laughs> 25 megahertz. Like, what do you even know? It's not going to... I'm going to, after we finish recording, I'm going to go into AmiNet, which is the repository for Amiga software, uh-huh. and see if there is a Bitcoin thing for the oh i don't doubt that don't oh the electricity though the amiga is not going to use more wait how how many how many megahertz is your is your amiga ben Uh, this is not important this is 14 it it has a motorola 68 (laughs) ec 020 14 megahertz 14 megahertz wow that would take forever years decades probably that's fascinating Anyway, we're avoiding the subject of uh, sorry, a guy I, trying to assault the protagonist so, of our uh, show. We're so, trying uh, to avoid a sex move, a non-consensual sex move in the back of a limo by a guy in an eye patch because he's dressed as his own evil twin. So, yes. yeah, he... Wait, I forget how they approach this, but basically he's like, what if I'm my own evil twin? And then, like, puts on the eye patch, <laughs> like... Like, oh, yeah. does so this make this sexy like, now? And it's like, the answer is still no, buddy. Like, oh, yeah. not- Fran- Fran- Fran's kind of having the realization that, like, oh, his character, like, she was into his character. The actual actor is a piece of shit. Yeah. It's like, you're not, like, your actor, like, your character at all. Like, oh, but I am, like, my character's evil twin. And then he pulls out the eye patch. He had the eye patch. Like, this is his, I'm, I'm going to say this, it's, it's not going to be pleasant here. This is an eye patch that he has on his person for when he needs to commit a sexual assault. Yeah. It's horrible. It's the sex crime patch. <laughs> Usually that's just a soul patch. But <laughs> Yeah, so but this he's gone all out. This episode I would say that this episode has a as well written as the rest of it is. This it has a tone problem here because it's like, oh, she's into him at first and then like the the way this turns in the limo is just like, oh god, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. And just the the cut to it, and I the only thing that I can say about it is that you can kind of see them like when they do the cut of like breaking kayfabe a little bit of you can like lo- it looks like Fran Drescher is about to laugh, and it's like okay that at least kind of breaks me out of the thing of knowing like this is just a fun TV show but and not a real assault time. Yeah. See, yeah, I missed that and was just totally like creeped out, and I was like, I can't believe that. You- you did this. You wrote it's this. It's the 90s, though. Wow. It's okay if it's the 90s. So, so they, so he puts on the patch, eye patch, leans in skeezily. I didn't notice Fran Drescher's the almost. Moves cr- away. I didn't. I didn't. Fr- the notice. camera's respectful in this moment. Yeah. And anyway, totally like, oh my god, what the hell's about to happen? And they cut to what is it? Shot of the limo or the house? I forget. Some establishing shot. Yeah. It's an establishing shot. And my favorite thing about the establishing shots on this show is they're either shot on film at twenty-four frames and look magnificent, or they're shot using like someone's home camera, like a like an amateur level. I've put. This camera on a tripod and pointed it at us. Those house. were your options. Yeah. This one's particularly bad. And I did comment, there's a guy in a white shirt walking down the street. And I, I asked Mandy, do you think that guy knows he's in possibly every episode of the next <laughs> <laughs> Um But we go back to the house and Maxwell has been sleeping. Uh, he's asleep on the armchair as Fran walks in. And then he wakes up. Because uh, they had been like staying up waiting for her didn't work out that great yeah it's a fun reveal where it turns out brighton was also yeah and they the have they have they have matching robes and jammies which maxwell did not approve of that when it was uh maggie and fran at the top of the episode but now it's the bottom of the episode 
and they and the boys are wearing matching outfits, and that's fine. Hashtag sexism. There's an entire episode to that yeah. dedicated later. Yeah. Anyway, Fran says the date was shit. Maxwell says he he's gonna he's not gonna cast uh, the guy. Fran says, "Oh, too bad, too, because now he could really hit those high notes." Implying she punched him in a ball. Well, and then the kid even says, "Does that mean she kicked him in the dot dot yeah. dot?" And that's but a joke. my favorite thing about that moment is when when it, the executive producer Dick Wolf appears on the screen, or whoever it is is responsible for this show. You can see Brighton like cupping himself and wincing at the idea of being uh, kicked in the fork. Yeah. Um, and then we do get a little do we get a there's a there is a tag yes Uh, Um, and it's them watching uh, the soap they've seen that Brock Storm has been recast Um, there's a bit before I was going to say playing Monopoly they're not playing Scrabble they're playing Scrabble and Fran Fran is doing it and she's using like Yiddish uh, to like get her points and is counting all of her points I noticed Brock Storm has been recast and she's a little thing of like how do you spell eunuch End of episode. End of episode. Yay. Let's start. Adam, did you like this episode? <sighs> Good night, everybody. I don't... What? It's got... Uh, so here's the thing. Like... The, 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 this is the this is the problem with this episode, right? Is let's... The sexual assault implication. <laughs> yeah. I Jesus, mean, that's in there. Jesus Christ. Um... Why did we have to? Why can't it just be a fucking terrible date and leave oh, it at that? Actually, it's fun fact. The answer to that is in the booklet that comes. Oh with, no! Uh, okay. The complete series box set. Okay. Um, and the answer is air date December 29th, nineteen ninety three. This came after Christmas. 90- it was the nineties. Watch Christmas. Oh, we also we also should say the episode previously was the Christmas episode. That is that's terrible, 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 terrible. <sighs> I don't like the fact that, like, we're left thinking that Fran has been sexually assaulted for the, like, two minutes in between the yeah. the kick in the nuts joke and the, like, you just assume, like, what, like, you're just feeling like, what, like, that's terrible. I think that's a terrible feeling to, like, leave someone with. Oh, yeah, it's 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 horrible. And I don't think a show would do that today no i think the thing that i like about it is friend very clearly held her own in that situation yeah. but i also but, like because i don't like that sort of thing kind of fits into the like oh so it means that if you are sexually assaulted it's because you're bad at fighting yeah. and you should have been oh, tough so it's your fault it's bad and so like i know like i've i have heard all the things where you can't you can't win with this shit no and i think it would have been better to see like if nothing else to see her to kind of eliminate that anxiety, but then that still doesn't change the fact that what you said is very true, that, like, you know, victims of sexual assault who don't or can't overpower their uh, their assaulter, mm-hmm. it's their fault, which is bullshit. Like, we're we're going to have to put a warning at the front of this episode. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We're definitely going to have to put a warning. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Uh, let, let, now, I think that this is this episode is totally fixable if you just fix the those four minutes somewhere in there with, like... Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We can either we could either see him kick him in the nuts, which would be great, 
Or another interesting thing might be uh, set up the scene differently where, like, they're standing around, like, in line for something that she doesn't want to go to next. Like, they were just at happy hour and now they're, like, standing in line for a terrible movie that he's... Uh, what about a, a terrible movie that he's been in or something like that? Like, he wants to go see his own movie or something like I that? I dig that, yeah. Yeah, where, like, they're, 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 like, standing around and then she realizes, oh, no, I don't have a ride home or something like that and just... It's like when his back is turned, she just runs home, right? <laughs> so then when yeah. she gets home, she looks like frazzled, hot, and sweaty as if she's just come back from having sex with him. So you can or still has had a rap battle and with that, yeah. And that would have been some like some drama as yeah. they're building up this romantic yeah. Yeah, thing. Yeah. That could have been that I, could have been a tension yeah. moment there where then he's like, Oh, so I guess you had a good time and she was like, Oh and then and then, and then like she can do the thing like, Oh, it's terrible, blah 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 or something like that. You know, like that's a way to fix yeah. this episode. Yeah. And we we already see like Brock Storm is already not a good person. We've already seen he's not a good date. He takes her to, to happy hour at some bar. They're driving somewhere else. Like, you don't then need to add this additional layer of, mm -hmm. and also, he's going to do a sex thing. Like, the start of the scene within the car, she's already bored. Yeah. She's already over the day. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need to... I hesitate to use the phrase gilding the lily, because... That's not a there's no gilding happening there when it's a sexual assault, but like you don't then need to ramp it up to oh, and then he tried to do a sex thing because the date's already bad, yeah. And like there's mm -hmm. kind of an assumption of like oh, this has to be the final thing to make it so that like he is undateable because before that, oh, maybe there's some room, he's hot enough. I get it because there's, I mean, even then, there's the great line of like, oh, I am my evil twin, and and then he does the evil twin thing, and he's like, that's a that's a funny bit though i would prefer if it would not be then cut with the assumption of an assault yeah or like as you said of like having it just kind of a cut with like the runaway or even just like rather than having him leer over if he was just doing like there's a way to kind of like even imply that that isn't as forceful on that of just have him do like oh he's a sitcom star he's the evil twin he just does the evil laugh and you just kind of see like her face either like horror or annoyance or whatever it is that you mm -hmm. would like want to play but mm. at least there's i mean you would still kind of get like a bit of yeah. that but it's not it's not like oh definite sex crime happening yeah if he's just he just needs to be a jerk you don't have to you know there there's so many ways to solve that problem and and do that if it being goofily maniacally like an asshole is is just fine that's enough to yeah, for, and, yeah. and it's weird they were already like pounding the ego button like that's such yeah. a good button to hit yeah. like you don't then also need to pivot to Rapist. I think I I think I realized what the problem is here is the the audience. You, you don't like the nanny. I don't, no, 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 no. I think I think I might actually like the nanny. I might actually continue watching. <laughs> um, no, the the problem here is that the writers have left the audience thinking there's been mm, sexual yeah. assault. I think it's it might be okay if you let another character think. Oh, I I don't see a reason to do that. There's no need mm -hmm. to. But like, it would be okay if the audience knew there was no sexual assault, but a character did, like for a few yeah. seconds. But because we're left with like either you think it or there's uncertainty, like that's a gross effing feeling 
for a sitcom. Yeah. They could have even been like done the thing if they wanted to keep the framing like exactly the same, mm-hmm. like still in that limo of he does that leers over. She opens the car and does a duck and roll. That was the other thing I was thinking of was like she could look disheveled because she just ducked and rolled out of the car. But that still is like the, a, a result of like, I don't I don't know. I guess maybe she just decides to opt out. Like it, it, there doesn't even need to be a threat of physical uh, of physicalness yeah. for her to just duck and roll it would be fun it would be funny to watch that i guess the duck and roll it would have to have been done like we wouldn't see the duck and roll we would just see her roll out of the car because you'll notice there's minimal location work in this yeah. first season like because I, I feel like that like even that just because like, they have it as one thing of just like you just kind of see like she kind of leans on the thing and then it's just gone yeah and it's in many ways this is kind of, it's really it's a bottle episode because they 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 only use existing sets it sets uh within uh the Sheffield's household and then the limo set which i think we've already seen in a previous episode um i don't know yet if we've done it because uh, i know that it's they use the limo though it's technically a different limo because okay. it would be the one that the Sheffield's limo yeah but the set is yeah. most likely used or at least repurposed either before or after this episode. But also by completely different shows on the same soundstage. Oh yeah, that mm. limo that limo gets used all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if that limo was used in a soap earlier that day. Yeah. But, Brock, uh, Brock drove it over. Brock drove it over. <laughs> the actor's yeah. actually very nice. He'll do extra things if they was like, oh, we don't know the logistics of getting this limo. I was like, oh, get it. I've got We're a limo. using it. It's fine. My Uncle Dave owns a limo company. I have no idea whether or not that actor's nice. <laughs> I don't want to Google it because the character is already not nice. And I don't want to, again, don't guilt the lily. Yeah. Um, uh, Mandy, did you like this episode? I like, overall, I do really like this episode because it like it it's all very smartly written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just yes. the comedy for it, like, it, and it's Fran writing and Fran Dresser knows what she can do to make a funny thing. She, knows so she kind of does that. Mm-hmm. As we have all talked about, the, like, that is certainly a, like, a heightened thing that I wish weren't there. And it is kind of unfortunate that I have to be like having to take that if I want to enjoy the rest of this thing, because it definitely does like put a sour note on the rest of this. And even the, like they use it as it was like, Oh, but I got him in the balls. And like (laughs) that again, just leans into a thing of like, Oh, well we have to, we have to know that Fran is tough in order to make sure that she wasn't like a victim of assault. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. like the because that goes into a like you have to be the tough one. I'm like, no, you just th- th- the guy that assaulted was the bad. So yeah. like just having just having to think about that like at the end of like what 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 is a very good episode like very smartly written mm-hmm. to kind of just have that and be like, Aah. but I like. With that caveat and with that warning, it's also kind of an unfortunate thing where I am kind of desensitized to this just being there and just kind of, yeah, as as a woman out in the world, the threat of rape is just something that's background all the time. So it's not like, I guess it's not as shocking of like, it's in the show because it's, yeah, it's everywhere else, I guess. What a fun thing to have to live with. Yeah, my life's fun. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I I think I agree. Like the episode is really really great until the twenty first minute, and then <laughs> then it yeah. uh, has problems. From our first one of like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I still think this is like a good episode. Yeah. But yell at the this time the sexual assault baby. Yeah, that baby tried to do a rape this time. We gotta yell at it. That, this baby keeps fucking up. Like, who? Where are the parents? That's what I want to know. 
Did you enjoy it, Ben? I I did I did it again, I have the same problem. Like I, I really enjoyed it up to minute twenty one mm. when a rape is implied to have happened. I think the the writing is really sharp. I think we're starting to see more of Niles and Cece's not back and forth, but certainly Niles is definitely being more open and cavalier about digging into CC. Yeah, there's a lot of like long-term relationships. Like what the show will become with the interpersonal yeah. relationships is kind of like being formalized. This is how we have like, I mean, even before the date, uh, Fran and Maxwell have like good moments together, kind of like talking about stuff and kind of hinting at like feelings between the two of them. And I mean, just the, the point of this episode of like personal business of we live together, it's going to mix our personal stuff with the business stuff and just kind of opening that up, which I mean, even then in real life, this isn't a great thing. Don't don't be up in your nanny's business, especially when you're paying her. That is a power dynamic that is not good. Don't look to the nanny for a good workplace relations <laughs> examples. For me, I think this is a re- there's a lot of great stuff here. There's a lot of again the foundation of Maxwell ha- feeling something for Fran, even if he doesn't realize it is good. The jokes are fantastic. It just it's just the 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 bottom of the ninth to use a, a British expression, um, that kind of really, really lets it down mm-hmm. and means we have to put a warning on our fucking podcast. Also because you curse a lot, too. No, we curse all the time. Oh, okay. the, show's, the show's ready to explain. <laughs> you can say fuck. It's fine. Ah, fuck. There you go. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> all right. So... Our next episode, Mandy, what are we going to be watching next week without Adam? Adam, you're not invited. Adam's not invited. Adam can come back to a different one. Oh, we yeah. Got, we, got somebody, we got somebody else next episode. Uh, next episode, Maxwell's childhood nanny, guest star Cloris Leachman, comes for a visit and is appalled at Fran's less traditional childcare methods. Fearing she won't get sacked, Fran tries to change into the perfect nanny. And that's the episode, The Nanny-in-Law. The Nanny-in-Law. What a great title. Yes. Um, fantastic. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this discussion of this particular episode of this particular sitcom. Where can people find you on the social medias? Uh, if you're interested in all sorts of nerdy and silly music, you can find it at adamthesack.com. That's adamthesack.com. Uh, and um, I'm also on Twitter at adamthesack. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch tv slash adam the sack uh and i do that almost every thursday uh at 6 p.m pacific time we so our show goes out on wednesdays so if you're listening to this um when it comes out that will be like tomorrow is when you can watch it in adam and is there any chance that adam will sing the delightful theme song to the nanny (laughs) i'll I'll work on. Let me. Let, you know what? I won't say no, but I won't say. Yeah. I can't commit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's happening now. The man. Uh, Mandy, where can people find you on social media? I am at Mandy Quesadilla. That is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Awesome. What about you, Benjamin? I'm just me. I'm Ben Padden. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and I have a Facebook that was almost never updated. But we have a we have one for the show. Yes. Uh, we are on uh, out on her fanny on instagram and twitter and our website is oofcast o-o-h-f-cast.com because we were worried if we put fanny in the domain we'd get blacklisted from everywhere forever 
Um, if you've enjoyed the show, do please consider leaving a review on your podcasting apparatus of preference. Itty bitty baby podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth, and we would certainly appreciate yours. Also, don't forget to check out the Game of Rassilon. It is a Doctor Who role-playing game podcast where I am the GM. If you are interested in that, why wouldn't you be? You can find that at thegameofrassilon.com or thedeath.zone or adventuresintimeand.space. And don't forget to check out Too Damn Early, a podcast that does not it exist. It does not exist. <laughs> I don't think I even have the recordings anymore. I think that hard drive died. I wonder if I still have them. Anyway, don't don't listen to it because it, it doesn't exist. It, it would just be your half. Maybe what? Maybe if we ever if we ever were to do like a Patreon thing, like as a bonus episode, Adam and I will do a two damn early. No, what it is is that if you still have the audio, you send us the audio, and Benjamin has to wake up <laughs> early and record responses to the audio <laughs> years later. Yeah, a conversation with Pastor Adam and present. Ben. Although not that present, because it's too damn early. Alright, thank you very much for listening to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I've been Ben. I've been Mandy. And yes. We, we do, do know, know it, it means, means vagina. vagina. Also, Adam was here. <laughs> also, Adam was here. <laughs> Bye, Adam. Bye. <laughs>